Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, if you would, as we talk about joy unspeakable that lasts. Joy unspeakable that lasts. I believe God gives every believer in Christ this undercurrent of joy, uh, this emotion that's there in the backdrop, much like grace. We have a sense of grace in our lives as we live our lives. I think of the Apostle Paul, when I think of this joy, in fact, he wrote an entire book, the book of Philippians, about joy, and realized that when he wrote that, he was in a Roman cell as a prisoner. And I think about his life, and he had joy. He would talk about, in Philippians 4, about that he learned to be content, whether he was in good places, in good ministry times, or whether he was beaten, whether he was shipwrecked, whether he was in a prison cell, he learned to be content. Why? Because he had this overflowing eternal joy flowing in his heart continually. And it's something for us as believers that we can go to. In Philippians 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul said that. And he said, In all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. Think of the attitude that he had there in his affliction. For me, Paul has that lasting joy and it's contagious. And I want to encourage that you prioritize that and remind yourself that the joy of the Lord is your strength, as it says in Nehemiah 8.10. Lasting joy exceeds my desire for happiness, and happiness is so many times based on the circumstances. You think about going to Adventureland or Six Flags, and you look forward to the day, and you plan, and you save money, and you go, and you enjoy the roller coasters and the shows and the arcades and all those things. And then you go home, and a week later, you're like, boy, I missed that. I wish we could do that again, right? Or we save up for a special purchase, and we finally get it. And it's with us for a while, but then it's not new anymore, and so we desire something else. Happiness can be fleeting, but joy endures and is always available. So our purpose today is that every Christ follower needs to tap into the eternal joy that falls from God's throne to our hearts that enables us to persevere faithfully to the end for, for God. And that's what keeps us going, is that joy, that hope. Well, it says in 1 Peter 1, I hope you have your Bible open, two, three verses here, verses 7 through 9. Peter said, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And here's the key, and rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We have that everlasting joy, and one of the things we look forward to is when we see our Savior face to face and we enter into the joy with our Master. There's a, here's a simple formula today in your notes that was given to me many years ago, and it's easy to remember about maintaining a joy-filled life. First, put Jesus first and center of all we do. Jesus first. Jesus first. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <clears throat> One of the ways we lose joy is that we get wrapped up in the repetitious, mundane things of our life. This verse says that we can find joy in even taking out the trash. We're being wise steward of God's resources. When we wash cars, when we change the oil, when we 
do the laundry for the umpteenth time, right? When we wash the same pots and pans repeatedly in order to use them to feed ourselves and our family, even in those repeated acts, we can thank God for the clothes, for the home, the cars, the food that we have to eat. We have this joy unspeakable as we lead our kids spiritually and we see spiritual growth. It was a real blessing a week ago Wednesday to come to the end of our Awana season and to honor the kids for all their hard work and let them receive awards. But the real reward for their life is that joy of the scripture that they've put into their hearts throughout the Awana season. In Matthew 6.33, as we think of putting Jesus first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's an easy verse to memorize and quote, but each minute of each day, we face distractions. We face our fleshly desires and Satan's temptations to pull us away from keeping Christ at the center of our thoughts, at the center of our decision-making process. And when we keep Christ as Lord of our life, when we're daily becoming a living sacrifice, when we're asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, and that we obey the Holy Spirit when he prompts us to do something, we please God and we are filled with joy. So our application here is joy is found when we strive to put Jesus at the center, at the center of our daily lives. And that's what we have to keep pulling ourselves back to all the time. There are many ways to keep the thought of God and Christ going through our day. Avail yourselves of the opportunities to do that. Second of all, others, others second. Jesus first, others second. In Mark 12, 30 through 31, Jesus said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we keep God as the top priority in pleasing and glorifying him in our lives, we're also told to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means we have to sit down and think about what it's like when people, what it's like for the people that we serve and what it's like when we are served. What do we feel like when we receive a gift? Then we follow the golden rule, which says, do unto others as I would want done to myself. And it's not negating yourself or your needs, but it's going beyond yourself, caring generously to give and serve others. And Jesus set that example for us in Matthew 20. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul, in his ministry to the Gentiles and Jews, repeated a phrase that Jesus said, In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. One of my uh, five love languages, if you've read the book by Gary Chapman, is to receive gifts. And in my younger years, I really thought it was a big deal to get gifts, whether it's Christmas or birthday or whatever. But as I get older, I'm enjoying giving those gifts. I love going shopping for my grandkids for their birthdays and Christmas. And the joy isn't going and buying the gift, it's and not just seeing them open the gift, but it's what they do with the gift afterward. So my grandsons love Legos. So we get all these Minecraft and different things. And I love to watch them as they take the instructions, they put it together, and then they see the fruit of their labor. They get to enjoy the benefit after they build that Lego kit. Giving of our time and our talents and our treasure on behalf of God is the way to bless others 
and maintain joy in our lives. If you're not serving and you're not using your spiritual gifts and being stretched to grow in Christ through your service, your joy may be squelched. When I get discouraged or I'm looking inward too much, I find that I need to go and serve others and help others. And then my joy is restored. The application here is joy is found when we are caring and serving others. Jesus first, others second. Last but not least, yourself third. Yourself third. You see a number of verses there. I encourage you to go home and read them. In the Christian life, because we are sinners saved by grace, we have to battle constantly our selfish desires. Battle pride. We must acknowledge that our default is always to the old nature that will bring us to a place of selfishness if we're not submitting to God's spirit. And that's a fact. But we need to move on and realize who we are in Christ and live a life of confident victory and not defeat. We're more than conquerors in Christ. We're made in the image of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. <clears throat> God wants to take care of us to take care of ourselves. And there are numerous verses that talk about that. And you see that at the top on your outline of this point. Here's one of those from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means set you apart completely And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's at work. He's making us into his image through our mind, emotions, our physical body, spiritual care. He's concerned that we be healthy and whole through the gospel so that we can be best used by God. I try to wake up in the morning when I'm in the bathroom getting ready. One of the things I think about is, God, thank you that you've made me who I am today. Let me be the best person, the best Ed Heading I can be that you made as I go out today. And we think of the care for our physical body, our mental and emotional health, and our spiritual walk is vitally important. Shalom is a difficult word to translate from the Hebrew to English. It's a word chock full of meaning. John Stone Street defines shalom this way, a word used often in scripture is shalom, often translated as peace. So much more than the mere absence of conflict, shalom means wholeness, rightness, the state of being when things are ordered as they ought to be. I could preach a whole sermon and someday I will on this concept of shalom, but to be concise and brief, shalom is for us as individuals, as groups of followers of Jesus, for our country is to seek the best for ourselves. And God desires that we seek to be whole, to be holy and following God's design and pattern in our lives as he lays out in scripture. The gospel speaks to the whole person, not just the spiritual aspect. And we are healthy in all aspects of our life. When we get to the place where we're healthy and whole, then we are healthy in our relationships with others and we can serve others from a place of joy. We often hear people say, hurt people hurt others. Well, healthy people Seek the well-being of others. Here's your final application as we close today. Joy is found when we seek shalom for our own well-being. Joy is found when we seek shalom for our own well-being. 
Notice when you take the letters of those first three points, J, Jesus first, O, others second, Y, yourself last, J-O-Y, that formula helps you maintain lasting joy in your life. Here's our key thought. Lasting joy occurs in our life not based on our circumstances, but maintaining God's perspective and mindset for life. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for others in the Bible. David, who talked about joy, Nehemiah. We thank you for this uh, wellspring of joy that's available to us as an undercurrent that flows through our life, brought to us by the Holy Spirit. And may we tap into it, no matter the circumstances, no matter the difficulties we may face, but know that you're always there, that you're always working, and that you're there and you want to help us to have hope and peace, but also this joy that will maintain us and help us persevere until we see you face to face. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.